How's going? How's going? And welcome. And it is another day where I bring you another successful friend of M5. And welcome to Successful Friends. And today I've got none other than Carlo. Carlo Mariana. Did I pronounce that correctly, Carlo? Carlo Mariani, yes, 100%. Nice to see you, TJ, and thank you for the invite. Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Carlo, it's great having you here. I've known you for a while, from a distance. I've had conversations with you. You are one of those people that have had some form of impact, especially in my early days. Um, and, and it is actually a privilege for me to be hosting you on this show because I think if it wasn't for earlier doctors like you who were able to actually go out and start preaching the gospel of property, I don't think a person like me would have been here sitting and talking to you. Uh, so number one, I just want to say thank you for what you've been doing and preaching the gospel of property. Um, and I've been learning from you. Um, and out of that, we are here today. So who is Carlo actually? Well, a, a crazy uh, a crazy guy that is 100% Italian because I was born and raised in Italy and then 100% South African because I've been here for 22 years now. Been here yeah. full time since 99. So I always say don't be fooled by my accent. My accent is there for a reason. So and uh, fundamentally very unreasonable person. Right. I understand that very, very much, very much. <laughs> <laughs> Carlo, I'm going to talk to a point when I first met you. And, and that's where the impact came in. Um, I'm a foreigner to South Africa. You're a foreigner to South Africa. And I think sometimes we are um, in our position where we are, but we actually don't know that we have mental blockers that we've got. And I want to speak to my own mental blocker that I had that I didn't know I had until I met you. And you were out at, a, um, at an event and you were the guest speaker and you came out and like anyone else who's got an accent, you, your first kind of like two minutes is getting to, to, to be in tune with the accent of that individual. Uh, so basically I did the same and in my first couple of seconds, I'm trying to get in tune to you and boom, I, I clicked and I started listening hard. And something as I was driving home uh, from the event to my place is like a 45 minute drive. And I was driving in and I said to my, and, and the question hit into my head. At that time, I was just still looking for information. And I said to myself, if a guy like Carlo could do it, and it does sound foreigner to me, why am I scared? And that's the question that I asked myself, but not to say that I was actually scared at the moment. I didn't know that I was scared, Carlo. But the fact that someone else potentially who looked like me, potentially whom I could relate to at that particular time, was in a position of success, I started seeing myself in it. And then in conversation, I started learning that you invest in different countries and things like that, and it totally blew my mind. And I started liking you some more, right? Um, but having said that, was 
was being Italian in South Africa ever a challenge for you to do business? No, actually, you know, I think it was a big advantage, um, crazy as it sounds, because I think that, you know, negative people just never make money or never make money sustainably. And, you know, I've recently come across a piece of research that says South Africans are the second most pessimist country in the world. I think right. just be behind Afghanistan, okay? Wow. So now, now and, and there is a trait which, uh, you know, I think is very pronounced now, but I found quite pronounced since day one I, I came to, to South Africa. And that type of pessimistic kind of doomsayers approach has prevented and is still preventing a lot of local people from tapping into the power of investing, investing in property. So I, I have a completely different view. Thanks God I was a foreigner in, a, in, in South Africa because I didn't have that prejudgment, preconceivement, and it really allowed me to, to tap into, into the power of the story and uh, of, of South Africa. Awesome stuff. Carlo, you didn't start off in property. What was your background when you started doing property? Well, you know, I have a, a quite a formal kind of like uh, business type of background. You know, like uh, I came from a family that was was not blessed to have the opportunity. My, my late mom, my late dad couldn't go to university. So, you know, we need to make them proud and go to university, which is what myself and my brother Giorgio did. Um, so it was a very formal background, you know, like business, uh, business schools. I'm a graduate of uh, Bocconi University, a University of California. So I was really groomed for a career as, as an executive, but I hated that idea. Why change your mind? Well, I, you know, because I always thought the biggest asset and still today, the biggest asset, biggest wealth is, is, is time, is not money. And uh, obviously, if you're broke and you've got a lot of time, it's not great. But, you know, if you're well off and you've got time, at some stage, time is a lot more valuable than, than money. And I really wanted to be in control of my time, which is what I've done right. You know, like I haven't been on a payroll since I was 26. And really? uh, as you get, yeah, as you gather, it was a few years ago. So, yeah, you yeah. know, and it, it, I think that property is, is the ultimate simplest and most powerful form of entrepreneurship mm. and entrepreneurship gives you opportunity to take control of your time doesn't mean that you're going to do squat because no business is going to be successful by you just being watching netflix but you can decide what when to work how to work where to work you know where you know like uh, i mean uh, this uh, this this afternoon at uh, well this morning later on at half past 11, I'm going to go and fetch my, my boy and we're going to bake. And, and that's true wealth. 100%. I like that. But Carlo, I am uh, highly appreciative for the fact that you have mentioned that uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're in property, you're not working. Because I think it's a preconceived idea with people that jump into property, they think that they don't work. I think it, it, it's kind of like allows you to have more time, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to work. Actually, I have seen that I work harder in shorter spaces of time, but not for longer periods, in solving my property problems, but then the reward kind of like surpasses for a very long time. And hopefully it's going to surpass my kids as well, because 
the, the property itself doesn't go away. It's still there and it can live on for generations to come. Um, and, and, and thanks for that. But you have actually turned it into a business. So property for you is a business. What, what do you do? Well, property has always been a is always been a business because if it's not business, it's a hobby, and hobbies normally are quite are quite expensive, you know. Right. So, <laughs> so I think you know I spend about sixty percent of my time as a as an investor, and you know the balance as as a let's call it an educator and a, right. as a leader of as a leader of 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 a community, and uh, and I find that to be an incredibly rewarding split of time. Because you know, like investing in property is is very rewarding financially, but it's not necessarily rewarding in, from a from an ethical and, and and moral moral perspective. But you know, just the fact that that one day many months ago I made a small contribution to the great success that you've achieved, you know, is certainly something that you know, like it it it's invaluable, and I think you'll see you. You're blessed with a lot of youth. I'm still blessed with a lot of youth, but not as much youth as, as you do. And you'll see that, you know, as you grow, it, that type of calling non-financial reward is really incredibly, incredibly in, important. So, you know, my, my real vision is to, to inspire people to, to retake control of their time, retake control of their finances, and to use property and property entrepreneurship to do exactly that. The same way I've done it and the same way I'm still doing it. Awesome stuff. From the time I met you, which is almost around about six, seven years ago, and up until now, wow. it, it does sound to me that your gossip hasn't changed, which is buy back your time. Uh, time is more valuable than anything else. But I want to jump into two things, Carlo. Uh, I noticed that you've got a business where you buy properties, you do invest. I want to speak to that a short, uh, for a short period. And then I want to jump in into the part where you're an educator, um, because I think um, uh, by just looking at it merely, I think it contradicts itself. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start with, what do you do in property? What, what, what kind of properties are you into? So it's a very simple, it's a very simple strategy informed by the fundamentals of supply and demand. And I think that, you know, we tend to forget it's called a property market. And, you know, it's one of the very few things I remember from a very expensive degree that, you know, it's a market as long as it's got supply and demand. And, right. you know, the difference is that, you know, in 2003, 2002, 2001, you could literally buy anything almost at any price and you would be just fine. Now the market is a double-edged sword. You can make a lot of money, but you can certainly lose money. You have to be a lot more quality, um, knowledgeable, you know, how you do property. And, you know, based, based on my, my research, you know, I continue to stay focused on what I call ordinary properties for ordinary South Africans. And when I refer to ordinary South Africans, I want to make two clarifications. First of all, South Africans are defined as anybody that lives in South Africa, okay? Um, and ordinary, not in a derogatory way, but as the kind of people that earn and have got income round about the median in income in South Africa, the take-home pay is round about 15,000 15, rand. So the type of properties that I've invested in, I continue to invest in, 
generally speaking, they're not the type of properties you're going to see on top building. They're not mm -hmm. the big developments that you hear the mega stories of buildings. They're just boring properties that are just basically, you know, the properties that people need to stay in because yeah. they're close to schools, close to varsities, close to transport, to close, to, close to work. So that is the type of properties that are in the sort of like 200,000 200, to sort of like maximum 900,000 um, range. I'm very focused on, uh, on Gauteng. You know, I spent 16 of these 22 years in Gauteng, so I love the Gauteng market, even yeah. if at times it's been a sort of, uh, you know, short-term disappointment, but it's certainly where I continue to see the opportunity, the, the bulk of the opportunity for ordinary properties for ordinary South Africans. I like that. And, and, and kind of there you are, you then all go on to become an educator and um, you're an educator in property as well. And the, the thing is that the earth is already there, Houting is already there, you know, earth is not being, there isn't a, a huge surplus of earth, you know. So um, we can easily say that some of us who have been privileged to be in the space of property if we are to teach other people, then there's going to be more people who are going to start developing things like that and compete to buy with us. But you are in the business of educating like-minded people. Um, and well, what's your views there? Because you, it's kind of like contradicting itself there. I, I don't know, that, does it work in the same thing in your head? I mean, I'm an educator myself as well, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's your view on that. But I think that, you know, um, an educator, and I always talk about, you know, Chinese walls. I think a, an educator that is a true educator, you know, must be sort of exceptionally wary of also becoming active on, on the sales side of the business. So, right. you know, my personal approach has always been I invest I invest myself, I've got business partners, local and international. But when it comes to, to my community, we do not sell properties. You know, we believe in, in providing education that is local, is relevant, is practical. And I always say, I'll give you the fish, I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll give you the rod, I'll show you where to fish, but you gotta go and do the fishing. Because the opportunities are ev everywhere or in most places, and, you know, some people might want to tap into the Cajiso market and there's opportunities there if you know what you're doing. Some people might want to tap into the center market. Some, and, and, you know, you cannot be an area expert of, of everything. But right. if, I give you the GP, if I give you the GPS and I tell you how to find your destination, you go and find it. My, 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 my reasoning is slightly different from yours. Um, uh, property, yes, for me, it's a vehicle to, uh, to wealth, um, but uh, for me, it's slightly different. I'm of the view that I realize that the more you learn, the more you are going to earn, uh, irrespective of what you do. Um, and I was a little bit lazy in terms of learning. But when I realized that when I start teaching other people, in the moment of teaching other people, the things that I learned four or five years ago, in that moment, I'm also teaching myself. That's number one. And then number I two, agree with you. the people are going to ask me questions that I never thought of myself because I'm lazy in the thinking. 
it's going to make me think not to, I mean, it's going to make me think to, uh, to learn a little bit more so that I can provide the rightful answer. Nobody wants to be asked the, the right question and not have the right uh, answer, especially if you do have an audience. Um, and that has been one of my reasons, uh, Carlo, for teaching others because it keeps me on my toes in terms of learning. So I've kind of like used it as an accountable partner, so to speak. There's no person, but obviously I then utilize all my students uh, for that reason. Carlo, just like you and I, you well, very well, very very well said, by the way, TJ. I I think it's very well said. Thank you, Carlo. Thank you. Carlo, you are married locally. Um, you decided to marry here. You didn't decide to go back to Italy and marry um, an Italiano and uh, beautiful wife, by the way. And um, and someone asked me the other day, uh, say, so why did you decide to get married? Yeah, and I said, well, you know, imported goods are always expensive, you know, and not to say that my wife is a, is, is a commodity. But local is lekker. I'm here, so why should I go and marry anywhere else? And and I want to come to the conversation of being married. That's number one. Here in South Africa, you're a foreigner. Um, you have chosen South Africa to be your home because you've been here longer now than you've been anywhere else in your life. And I'm in the same boat with you. And how do you balance your your business life? How do you balance you? Your Italiano sometimes comes up where your wife probably has no uh, identification of how to manage that because both of you are new in this. And, and, and what you have now created, which is your family, your immediate family, uh, again, which is totally new, cannot be re replicated anywhere else. If your wife is going to go and ask someone else, how do you manage this? potentially their lifestyle is totally different from yours because of the differences that you have now brought in together, which now makes you very powerful. I always tell people in my household, uh, we are like multiple cultures that have come together because I come, my, my, my parents are from two different countries. I was raised up in, a, in, a, in, a, in another country and now I've married my wife in a different country. So I, I have like a five in one. Um, so my thinking is pretty crazy in terms of thinking. I'm like super open-minded. Um, so for that, my, my, my kids have a different lifestyle than to the ordinary person. In, in your perspective, you've got a business, you've got you, you've got your wife, you've got the family that you're trying to do, and then there is time. How do you balance that? Uh, yeah, I I don't like the word balance to 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 start to start with. Okay, yeah. um, so I think that I'm I'm more of a believer of lifestyle design, you know. And I think I was I don't know 28, and that's the first time I read you know Tim Ferriss, uh, yeah. and so and I mean at that point in time the word is lifestyle design didn't even exist. But yeah. I, I had that concept of lifestyle design as early as, as the age of, of 22. Um, so I don't really work on the principle of balancing. I'm working on the principle of being inspired by, by my vision, okay? And, and my vision 
you know, has has been, has always been to be a very present husband and a very present father. You know, we are blessed with Daba. Daba is seven years old. And, you know, uh, I can definitely say that I will never look back at my life and say, I wish I'd spent more time with him at a time when he wanted to spend time with me, because that's the kind of regret most fathers will, will, will have. Okay. Right. And, you know, property, if property has gave me the biggest endowment of my life, that has been the one that, you know, so if anybody has to say, why should I do property? Because you're never going to look back on your, on, when you're like lying on your deathbed and says, I wish I'd spend more time with the people that I wanted to spend more time with when it was, when he met her and it was, it was, it was relevant. So that's really my deep, um, deep philosophy uh, on, on how we operate. And I think I want to tell you another thing, because, you know, if you're a, if you're a man of faith, you know, we have an expression in Italian that says that God makes them and then brings them together. Okay. So, you know, Zinkle, she's, she's a, a big supporter of, of property. So she actually bought the first property like on the same month that, we, that I bought my first property and we've known each other for a very long time. We've been married for 11 years and we've known each other for many years be, be, before then. So yeah. we're, very, we're very much on the same wavelength and that is really something very important. I want to give a piece of advice to, to your listeners. To, you know, if you, if you ever a, a colleague, an important better half in your life, bring that person onto your journey. It really is very difficult when you're doing property on the side. Maybe you're hiding it. You're not even hiding it, but you're not getting that support. Go into that journey. Go into that journey together. You know, one of my favorite sayings is the African proverb. If you want to go fast, go on your own. But if you want to go far, go with somebody. Let that somebody, the first somebody, be your better half and you're going to be already on the fast track. I want to speak to that point, Carlo, because in my first two businesses, I was kind of like working from a mindset of, I am the man in the house, I need to kind of like provide. So I'm going to go out there and provide and I'll bring home and I'll tell my wife I've done ABCD. Uh, so I did well in the car rental business. I did well in my um, diapers business. Uh, and then eventually I failed dismally in my chicken business. Um, but something that I then realized was that I would always go out there and come back home and I'll tell my wife, this is what we want to do. And she would say, yes, no, I don't think so. It's too risky. Don't do that with the credit card. Up until to a point when I started learning together with my wife and the mindset in terms of us having conversations in the house was no longer about no, that is not risky. No, don't take that money from that credit card. Don't take that money from the bond. It was more around how best can we find what money to go and make it work? So it was more around the how, because now our risk appetite is kind of like put on the same length because now we have the same information of education. We're seeing opportunities in the same way. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, these days, if there's a course that I'm doing and it, I cannot get a price for two. I'm not going to do it because it's not going to help me. Uh, it puts me at a back foot because now I need to come home and start promoting what I've learned. So I'm just going to buy two tickets and that's it, you know. Uh, so totally agree with you there. 
Carlo, um, as we draw a little bit closer to our session, uh, the question that I want to ask of you is that um, you have been on the journey for a while in terms of property investing. You have seen the ups and you've seen the downs and you've seen the flats, right? And um, what are some of the benefits that you are seeing that when you were starting off in your property journey, they were like kind of like futuristic that maybe I might get there. Uh, but right now you have potentially seen them, they've disappeared, they've come back again, or you have just, you know, kind of like lived them maybe for the last 10 years. What are those uh, benefits? I think I'm going to have to, to be boring and, and repeat that again because that's, and it's really about control of your, of your time. And I think that's, uh, that's, 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 that's the absolute key thing and uh, I see you know my wife she's a very successful executive in the financial services industry but she does not have control over time so when Dab and I go pick up go to the Alps and ski or pick up and go to the Alps and just chill and lounge that she doesn't have that flexibility and and I can see when we FaceTime that it's so uh, she wished she was she was there, and and that is you know. And people always ask me, so how is it possible that Ndaba you know speaks so fluent Italian? And I say, well, there is no magic. It's because I'm spending time with him. Nobody learns a language through kind of like magic. You know, you gotta right. talk. Right. You gotta talk, and 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 that kind of to me is almost like it, it shows you know the the type of the type of sort of like control over over time that that you 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 getting awesome stuff i really like that carlo before i leave i leave you to go man i just want to ask that you've been around for a while any favorite books business books that have helped you from when you were starting or maybe somewhere else you were kind of like thinking that you were at your max and you're running very well and then you read that one other book and it gave you a lip pro in terms of your thinking or in terms of your operation in your business, what book would that be? Can I give you two? Yeah, you can give us a full okay. list, Carlo. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, like maybe not necessarily what sort of like informed me like 20, 25 years ago, but yeah. a couple of books that I really like, um, happy to recommend. One is Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Never yeah, Eat Alone yeah. I've read that by book. Keith Ferrazzi. Yeah. That is a great one, and it really talks to the power of collaboration, you know. Right. And uh, you know, so that's that's one. And the other one is um, a book called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Okay. Now, that is a very very beautiful story about how entrepreneurship and property is nothing but another form of entrepreneurship. Is not going to be a downhill kind of like journey is going to be a, a tough journey is going to be a journey where you're going to get into the valley of despair and he talks about how phil knight was literally selling shoes from the boot of his car how he went bankrupt twice almost and so if you're looking for an inspiration about resilience around how you're never going to give up so shoe dog by phil knight is an absolutely amazing amazing book to to read I'm almost afraid to ask you my last question, Carlo, because I think I might know the answer for it. 
And, and that question is, what do you think, what, what does success look like to you? What success looks like, you know, first, uh, I'll give you a slightly different answer because I know the answer you're, you, you're expecting, but <laughs> I think, I think success, letting me success down, is, <laughs> you know, let me give you, let, let me give it a, 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 an additional angle. I think uh, success being means being very proud of what you're doing, being very proud of the contribution you're making, being very uh, proud of the impact that that you're making and you know if you allow me 30 seconds you know like uh, just uh, just today i am launching the third edition of the sunshine bursary program you know that is a a bursary uh, that i'm personally funding myself you know for for young women um so if uh, any of your listeners is a young woman you know born between uh, year 2001 and 1991, I'm making sure the calculation is, is right of all races and you're earning less than 120,000 rand and you want to sort of like, you know, get into property with the right education, then you can send me an email to carlo at thepropertycoach.co.za with the title Sunshine Bursary Program, your CV and a, and a, and a motivation letter and I'm giving I'm giving bursaries to the tune of twenty thousand rand um, by by the end of February. So that's the kind of thing that really uh, and it's a bursary in the name of my late mom or in memory of my late mom because I found that her Wi-Fi password and she passed away without telling us in advance was the sun is shining. That's why it's called the sunshine bursary. And as you can see, I get quite emotional. That's what success means for me. Carlo, that, that hits home for me in many, uh, in, in many ways. Um, and I, the last question that I didn't want to ask you there, or should I say a follow-up one is, I, I've seen that you've been on the forward front of educating the female. And the question is why? Um, why, why female? Why almost kind of like have that focus on, on female? I think there's two reasons. So I think that, you know, South Africa is a very strong, very strong women, very educated women to, to really take our country um, to, the next, to the next level. And the, the other one is very personal because my mom went to work when she was 13. Um, right. You know, she didn't, have the, she didn't have the means to go to school. And she lived a very full life, but you know, to the last day she said she wished she had the opportunity to have formal education. So those are the two reasons why I am so much on the, on the front foot and I will continue to be on the front foot of empowering young women in, in South Africa to sort of like, you know, reach, uh, reach sort of like financial independence and grow their, grow their knowledge and tap into the power of, of property. Awesome stuff. <clears throat> Carlo, I'm gonna end it here for today, but I feel like we just, we haven't even scratched the surface, man, um, in terms of possibilities, uh, in terms of what you can give to your story. Uh, I almost want to say that, look, the, I think my conversation with you is the beginning. Um, let, let's bring you back again, uh, because I'm just now trying to think, 
if it wasn't for time, I'm going to jump on to understand the bursary. But ladies and gentlemen, the, we're going to put in the link, right? So click in the link below. There'll be Carlos' email. And if you're a female, uh, don't pretend to be a female, by the way, right? We're going to check, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and out of that, Carlos will be able to save you with that bursary. And I think education, once you've got education, I'm a big fan of Robert Kiyosaki. And he says to me, the difference um, uh, the difference of uh, people who are going to make money and not make money is not the ability of doing or it's nothing, anything else other than the information that you hold in your head or the information that you've been previewed to. And that can give you success, right? If you know, if you knew for a fact that something was coming up, you can go and buy, you could have borrowed I mean, like 10, 15 years ago, you could have borrowed 100,000 to buy that one piece of land, right? Because you know what's going to happen in Santon. But if you don't know, you can't make money. If we all knew that Elon Musk was going to invest in Bitcoins like he did a couple of days ago, all of us, we could have run into. So it's just that information that can be a game changer in a split of a second in whatever that we are going to do um, in, in the life of that we live in. Carlo, any closing comments? No, I think, uh, TJ, thank you so much for having me and, and thank you so much for investing your very valuable time in creating a platform to, to inspire, you know, more people to, you know, retake control of their time, their finances. I know that it takes time. I know it takes a, a lot of money and commitment so you know like we're very grateful for the platform that, that you've created and feel free to sort of like tap into me anytime always an absolute pleasure to be chatting to you all right thanks thanks a lot carlo it's been great having out uh, having you here with us today boom ladies and gentlemen i did tell you we bring nothing other than the successful friends of uh empire Fruber addict and if you're one of those people well, let me just not say if you're one of those people. If you are a female, you know for a fact you're a female, then you are the right candidate for Carlos Bezori. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks a lot for watching and there's plenty more of these videos. You can click and I'll check you out on the next video. Mm -hmm.